Hello and welcome to the Ledge podcast. This time with German hardcore climber Ines Puppert. Ines is a four-time world champion in ice climbing, but for the last decade or so she's been concentrating on big walls. It seems what attracts Ines is great big unclimbed lines. Ideally, the weather should be terrible, and the more remote, the better. At least, that's how it seems. I basically sat down with Ines to ask her why. early morning this yeah. alpine start um, we are currently at um, Scandic Hotel at Solentuna in Sweden and uh, it's, it's early nice, morning it's a nice base camp to be honest I like it is it better than what you used to when you come to base camps better than the cave in Patagonia I like those kinds of places as well so I mean the uh, base camps base camp style but yeah. once you're in cities this is really good. Yeah. good place to stay But that's, a, that's the thing too that like some people when they go on, on road trips and go to climb somewhere they really prefer to go camping or uh, sleeping in a cave or, or but some people prefer to stay at a nice hotel if they can and then go climbing what would you prefer if there was a I wouldn't choice? sleep on the road or next to the road if yeah. there's a nice place to stay <laughs> so I spent maybe 10 weeks this year in tents and on sleeping mats and fo on foamies and in the walls and um, hanging bee lays and bee rocks. so it's nice to have a real bed sometimes <laughs> so if, when you when you're sleeping in bee vacs or, or uh, port ledges and do, you, do you ever sleep well It depends on how comfortable the BV is, mm. you know, when you sit and hang you just wait until the light yeah. uh, comes up or rises again, but in Portaledge, except the fact that I was scared to get hit by a piece of rock, uh, but the comfort is pretty, it's pretty nice. If, yeah. uh, if, the, if it's not too windy and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk more about that, uh, that mm -hmm. rock later on, I think, because mm -hmm. it's... Uh, It's kind of a scary story. Mm -hmm. uh, let's I take take a little bit from the start first, because um, yeah. maybe not all of our listeners all know all about you. Uh, you're Ines Puppert, like you are one of the best, or not, if not the best uh, climber in the world in your field. And, and what would you say that is? <laughs> <laughs> My field is pretty wide, I would yeah. say. Um, Yeah, I like to explore different kinds of climbing and once I noticed I'm, I have a weakness, I train and work really hard on it. So for example, before we went to Patagonia, I climbed a lot on, on cracks like mm. in granite and sandstone to get more used to that kind of climbing. Right. But even though I know that I never climb, will never climb super hard in that kind of terrain, it's... I, You know, as as long as there's exposure involved, I pretty much uh, appreciate any kind of climbing. If it's ice climbing, uh, rock climbing, alpine climbing, high peaks in the Himalayas. So, so exposure is a big thing that yeah. has to be there. The exposure makes me, I don't know for some for what reason, but it pushes me 
I don't know why. But do you feel better uh, I, mentally? Like, com is it more comfortable when it's when you have some air under your feet, or is it? You know, I get, I do sport climbing a lot with my friends at home, but I noticed I get somehow lazy after a few pitches. I feel like, oh, you know, it's time to have a coffee and to <laughs> maybe go to the bar later. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once you climb a big, big phase in the in, in the Alps or in any alpine uh, environment you start on the bottom and you want to end up on the summit and not somewhere in the middle yeah because the, there's no bar there's no bar and uh, <laughs> yeah then you you do it even yeah. though you you feel tired at some point and you mm. could have a coffee but mm. you can't but you said you, you bring your own uh, coffee to the base camp at least we like, do bring the espresso machine yeah, yeah that's so. a must I'm coffee addicted yeah. so how do you handle that on, on the wall <laughs> Yeah, there's this annoying cappuccino instant coffee bags. Okay. <laughs> They're better than nothing, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, they keep me alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, number one is like you, you really need a caffeine. Yeah, the caffeine is. My blood pressure is really low. My doctor always says, drink as much coffee as you can. And that was this what, what I wanted to hear. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> it makes me, yeah, being a alive person in the morning. <laughs> so you've had uh, how many cups today? Oh, that's just the second cup. It's the second, okay. But the day uh, just started. It's just started, yes. <laughs> it's still, what, 7.39, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, this this exposure you, you mentioned, is it something you always seeked? Has it always been like that from the start? Because you, you um, we talked a bit yesterday and you said that when you're from Leipzig in the... In the It's not the north, but the middle of the Middle East. Middle East. Middle East, Germany. And it's pretty flat. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you uh, moved south to, to Bavaria, I guess. Yeah. And uh, started to walk in the mountain, to learn to walk in the mountains. And yeah. then you got steeper and steeper and steeper. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you start looking for the exposure? So this kind of hiking was nice and, and uh, I had lots of fun in the in my beginnings of how to explore the mountains. But once I climbed, I hiked every single peak in the area where I live. I got kind of, you know, a bit uh, impatient about, you know, what, what now. I couldn't travel that much by the time I, I um, had to work as a physiotherapist with little time for myself and little money for myself. So, um, yeah, I, I thought about different options than hiking, just steeper hiking, <laughs> or maybe climbing. And then I got, I was for some reason, running into the right people at the right time, and I had the chance to do my first real climb. It was easy, like maybe grade five or whatever. But it was, it's been a, like a 500 meters Phase, not not that exposed with what it is, is it now, but that was exactly what I was looking for. My first day in a long route was just oh, so awesome. I still remember that. And who taught you about the uh, belay techniques and all that on the big wall? Yeah, that was the father of my son. Actually, we met when I was 23 years old. And yeah, he taught me about all these techniques and he had a pretty high climbing level already by the time we met. Right. So I had to jump into more or less uh, hardcore training. <laughs> so he didn't want it to climb that much easier as he was no. used to. And I was more or less a beginner. But at some point I noticed if I just climbed with him, I might follow my entire life as long as we are together mm. 
because the, the gradings were just too high for what I was able to lead. And pretty soon I, I searched for people, like basically female, female climbers to climb with, with the same um, amount of experience or even with less experience that, that I had to lead. And that was actually the time I learned the most. I learned to read the, the lines, to read a topo, to... Take responsibility for yourself. Like, take responsibilities, yeah. yeah. And that was just more fun than just following, you know. Of course. But <laughs> I, I take it, you're, it seems like you're an explorer, really, at heart. I mean, uh, you, you would be the one if... if no one had been to the South Pole or Everest or North Pole or whatever, you'd be the one who went for it. I like those remote places yeah. and unexplored yeah. places. Um, somehow I'm not so much into those names like the Everest or yeah. okay. the North or South Pole because it's been, yeah, it's, it's just too busy. I like to be on a mountain with a... Um, Maybe not that famous mountain, but with a small team, um, not other teams in the same, sharing the same base camp. So this, this is not the reason why I go into the Himalayas, for example, to share base camp with hundreds of people. Yeah. I'm so not into that game at all. So And I like the technical difficulties. The climbing on higher peaks and as higher you you get, as, as more difficult and as more... As more dangerous it is of course so so far I, I thought about climbing an 8000 meter peak but for sure not on a normal route no, so trail breaking is good all the way up to the start of the climb but then I want to climb so yeah. you know like exposure Kanchenjunga south face maybe there's different ideas <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so uh, what, what keeps you from the, the, the higher or more famous peaks is more that there are so many people there I mean if they were unexplored I'm sure you would be interested right yeah of course but yeah. this um, also there's lots of lots of risk involved into the higher peaks and uh, I don't like the obvious risk. I just somehow I'm a, I feel like a chicken when it comes to that kind of risk. So for example if there is a um, yeah, how do you call it? Serac? Mm. Hanging Serac? Yeah. I would never ever climb underneath even though it's just uh, even if it's just uh, for a traverse for a couple of hours maybe. But I know climbers they would sleep and be back underneath. There's Many people, unfortunately too many, who would take the risk because sure there are so many interesting lines, but there is a really high risk involved. Mm. And I'm but trying to avoid being you, in that, that yeah. kind of uh, position. But do you always know? I mean, you, you talked about Riders on the Storm, for example, that um, you had these rock falls and uh, you didn't know beforehand what it looked like on top with this all these loose rock and, and yeah yeah so um, how do you how do you view that and what do you I mean how do you calculate risks that you can't know yeah this was a bit of a, uh, a surprise bad surprise to be honest um, but looking backwards I was so into this idea to climb riders on the storm that I kind of skip reading the articles about risk in, the, in this route and Afterwards, I took more care on those articles about previous teams, which have been 
just a very few, and they talked about that. So um, it was it was there. it was there. It was known, but um, yeah, I was just too psyched and lucky as we were. Nothing happened, but when the risk comes that close, it's I don't know. For me, not as worth to think about coming back again, mm-hmm. even. But when you so say nothing happened, no- three three things happened, right? Yeah, but we didn't get hurt. No, no. Yeah. But maybe, uh, what was it that happened? Um, you know, the weather changes very quick, and once it starts snowing, the ice is forming in the wall. But we had to get up back to uh, our portal ledge before the sun would show up, or yeah, before the weather would turn back again. Mm-hmm. So we humored up all the way to portal ledge, 600 meters above the ground. And a huge piece of ice fell down and just fell straight onto my helmet. So my helmet fell apart. It was broken. And I got a little bruise on my on my scalp, but not that much. It's just, you know, if I would have looked up, my entire face was destroyed or my shoulder or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's so the first warning. <laughs> that was in the morning. Yeah, not the first day, but... The uh, first warning. First warning. What the first warning? Yeah, that was quite a warning. <laughs> and yeah, then we had this guest in our portal ledge. Quite a chunk of rock fell straight into it and split the fly into two pieces. And the rock was just falling next to my knee and sitting there. So I woke up in the middle of the night, like two o'clock, because of a weird noise, like, you know, my base jump was jumping off with a big face, same same kind of noise. Um, but there was a huge piece passing us and the smaller piece, a kid's head size maybe, just hit the portal ledge and lucky enough as we were, nothing happened except that the fly was broken. That was the second kind of warning. <laughs> yeah, and the third was then actually the answer to my question I still didn't answer if I would come back. That was when we humored up the last day to bring uh, Portal Edge down. I humored up the first, pulled the rope off the snow, which was quite a steep snow field. Almost yeah, below it was just vertical and then the snow field. I pulled the rope with my humors on it and then I saw this big kind of broken part. Like the mantle was so the mantle was destroyed and all the, almost all the lace laces too. So one lace was still there and I was just hanging on it. And that was the only uh, like like um, the only safety you had. Of course. Yeah yeah. And so I, were you on that? yeah 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 and I couldn't just get off and run away. I no. was in the middle of the of the climb. So I slowly started to unclip my upper humor. I clipped it in just above and wanted to make sure it it was good enough to pull on. But with the snow, the humor just slide off and straight into the hurt lace. And then I was quite shaking a bit, pushed it up again and again, and at some point it, It it stuck. So, yeah, that was... A pretty intense moment of my life. It must have been. That must be like the worst thing you experienced on 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 the rock uh, on the face of. I mean. That was pretty much the worst experience. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, so no, you're not going back to to uh, to that one to uh, ride on the storm, and, and that's. I'm not. Mayan is going to go back. Uh, I hope she can do it. I hope she doesn't get hurt. And um, another reason is we were so lucky with the weather. Mm. I have a hard time to believe that this would happen again. Yeah. But I mean. On the one hand, you were lucky because it was sunny and good weather. On the But other hand... Unlucky because of the warm temperatures. The zero degrees level went up to 4,000 meters and the peak is only 2,900. So all the upper part was just melting and... That's, that's when you get the rock fall. Well, yeah, in the middle of the night, when it should be the coldest, actually. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I was going to ask you, like, before I know this, knew this story, I, I was going to ask you, like, is this a superstition or anything? But it's pretty clear to me that it's obvious risk here. This is, this It is. Now I know that the risk is really obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you just came back from uh, from China, uh, from, uh, I don't know how to, to pronounce this, Kusilaske, is it? Perfect. I'm oh, good, thanks. <laughs> um, where you made a uh, first ascent, which uh -huh. a lot of people have been trying. It's, yeah. It's this fantastic ice, really steep ice couloir thing. C can you can you describe the climb and, and uh, first of all how, how did it all start? When did you get to hear about it? And how? Yeah, the, um, that was a friend of mine. He has a he married a girl from Kyrgyzstan. She's a climber as well. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking to those guys and uh, asking for options in Kyrgyzstan because I tried to find information online and I was pretty um, not that easy so the network is pretty is really important to what I'm doing mm. and I'm so grateful to have people and friends who help me getting ideas or help me with beta so he sent me the photo that guy and um, mentioned that this line was attempted but never climbed and I've seen the photo and was like wow if this is pure water ice what you usually don't find in um, on mountains in this altitude mm. the reason is because it's south facing mm. and it gets lots of sun so the crux was just to find the right timing because i've been reading all the expedition reports and those people were complaining about ice fall about too warm temperatures so my idea was to come later in the season mm. so just before the winter to find better conditions And so we attempted in 2010. Um, we got really high, like below 300 meters below summit, mm -hmm. but one third was still missing. So we got into a storm. This mountain has storms every day, so you can't really rely on air weather forecast. You just have to make sure you climb as fast as you could. That was what I learned on previous trips. Mm -hmm. So 2011, my team got sick, and because of this illnesses, a leak of motivation. So that was pretty tough for me because I felt super psyched and just ready to go. But I couldn't do it alone, of course. So we didn't really attempt for that. So that was my last trip, 2011. Before I, and then I thought, I don't want to get this line and this mountain the obsession of my life or you know, but it kept me thinking about and uh, after years um, I found actually the right person, I thought I would never ever go again if I don't feel this, you know, the spirit, the psyched, the, psyched, the motivation mm. and uh, 
person, like honest, yeah. honestly. Maybe and you don't have to drive it all the time. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And so I talked to my friend Luca Lindic from Slovenia and he was just honestly psyched. So, <laughs> and yeah, from the first climb we did together, we noticed that he was a good team. Mm. Like he's, he's super strong, mm. climbed a lot of higher peaks in the uh, um, higher ranges in the past years, even though he's just 28 years old. But um, yeah, his experience was amazingly glowing in the past years. So. We went to China, and yes, this time it worked. We did it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, describe the climb. What, what the difficulties, the sections? Uh, how does it start? And, and um, this time we came from China to avoid the long hike into ABC, but to have more meters to hike up to get better acclimatized. So that was one reason I think we everything worked just better. Mm-hmm. The other reason, when we saw the climb, it was just amazing the conditions has never been as good i have never seen the mountains in this good conditions mm. lots and lots of ice in the entire line so it's been completely different to 2010 for example when we had to climb several pitches m8 or m8 plus with a pack mm. and in a on an altitude close to 6000 meters uh, that took time mm. And this time it's just been water ice five plus maybe and maybe M6 a few moves but not really worth to mention. So um, when we saw the conditions were as good, we could imagine to climb the entire face in a day to avoid bevying in, yeah. into the gully because we get spin drifted down a few times before, and I didn't want to experience this again. So. <laughs> We managed to climb almost all the way up to the summit ridge the first day, which is two, uh, 1,000, a bit more than 1,000 meters. And it's ice steep all the way. climbing yeah. all the way, ice, yeah. with some moves on rock, but mm. just excellent, perfect, mm. yeah. But are you on, on some level also, I wouldn't say, like disappointed that it's not as hard? Or, I mean, is the difficulty important to you when, it, when it's a challenge, or is it just... Like the wall, the the, uh, the line. And no, that for sure was the line was more important to me yeah. than, of course, the difficulty was to find the right timing, yeah. the right time, the right window, yeah. the right person, the right conditions, and with harder conditions, I'm not sure if we would have made it. I'm sure, yeah, but it would have. We had to suffer way more. I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like pushing my my limits of mm. course and this is why new lines unclimbed lines mm. are always kind of an adventure mm. because you never know what's what happened mm. but in this case the beauty of the line was yeah. just so magic no, it's, it's a striking line yeah it's you don't beautiful. even need to draw in the line it's just no. so obvious it's the line. Yeah. Yeah. but okay so, so when you say pushing limits we always talk about pushing limits you know uh, and, Every field of climbing is pushing limits, but what, what what specific limits is there? I mean, that you are pushing. Is it the, uh, the difficulty limits uh, overall? Is it the, the, the risk limits? Mm-hmm. Is it the luck limits? I mean, <laughs> it, there's so many things involved yeah. with you know conditions, weather, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what you what you. Uh, 
what you find really like uh, yeah because it's it's, it's it's an unclimbed line you don't know you need to be lucky enough for certain passages to be possible yeah of like, course. so mm-hmm. when you say pushing the limits what do you mean? This is a difficult question. I know that it's, it's really hard to <laughs> answer, but for sure, it's not just my limit of power. Mm. So I like to feel my limit when it comes to power, but I also like those climbs when, you know, for example, the hurting in Scotland. It's mm. a well-known route. Not many people have climbed it for some reason. It's scary. I knew it. If I would fall, I would at least get hurt. That's why it's called hurting, probably. <laughs> and the first attempt was just terrible. I was so scared to fall down to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I didn't free climb it by the time I attempted this day. But there's those days you feel like super scary, and then there's those days where you just focus on the climb, and mm-hmm. then it, it's, it feels super safe, even though it's mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, tricking the gear, the distances, and there is no really choice to fall or not. You just shouldn't fall. And I like this game, this game of um, mental power and like physical power. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you feel weak. Sometimes you feel strong. I have no idea what you know where it comes from. When is the right timing to mm-hmm. go? Sometimes it just happens, and uh, if it works, it just, yeah, it makes you feel way more proud and satisfied after you climb the route. Not only technically difficult, but also when it comes to protection, and um, it makes me feel way more proud and happy when when I top out. And I I noticed that was not just a powerful climb, that was also a mental. So, so, so do you go with your gut feeling, or uh, when 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 is the right time? Like, because because like you said yesterday, if you if you uh, go in a climb several times, the first time, like the hurting, it can feel really really scary, really wrong, and and, and then uh, the next time on it, you're more yeah. more secure, more mm-hmm. feel better, and then it. I mean, yeah, you know, once you attempt a route a second time, you have a, a little bit of knowledge and mm. you know what, what's going to expect. Mm. So that makes the climb much easier. Yeah. But is, is there a risk that you, you get into some kind of feeling of false safety when you you, you have uh, you put the gear there before and, and it's like... It's, Subconsciously, it feels oh, this is this is uh, this pro is better than it really is. Or I don't know. It's interesting. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, placing gear. Uh, I, I placed a lot of gear in my life, so yeah. I have got a feeling yeah. if it's a good one or not. Mm. <laughs> uh, even though you don't know, never know if it's a one hundred percent. But uh, for. For some reason, yeah, that day in the hurting, I just didn't think about a piece of gear would 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 drop or I would pull a piece. I just saw a sling around a piece of rock, mm-hmm. which which would have catch a fall down to the ground, mm-hmm. and I climbed above it, and then the wind blowed it away, and then I saw this meters, 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 meters all wow. the way down to the first. Not, mm-hmm. which was just a few meters above the ground. 
So, but I saw another crack coming close, so it was a few more moves. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the only moment I was a bit scared, but mm. after that I was like, okay, now it's not going to be a ground fall anymore. Uh, as long as it's not a ground fall, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I guess you, I mean, you, you, obviously you trust yourself and you trust your feeling, like how, how things are. Yeah, I do have a pretty good feeling with my ice tools, mm. I bet, and it's also, you know, so dependent on the person I climb with. Mm. And that day was Simon Yearsley. He's a really, uh, really uh, experienced climber from uh, the UK, and he was just so psyched to be part of that climb. And he mm. pushed me up yeah. with all his power he had. He didn't climb that day. He just yeah. belayed, and he was uh, like really patient, belaying in a hailstorm, which would not have made many people. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, it's. Um It's fascinating, fascinating. I think like this, this, this trust and these, this mental part of it, that, that so important. Um, do you ever think, like, in your when you're, you're you're climbing, do you ever think of other stuff than just the climbing? What, what goes into your head? You know, climbing is for me is meditation. I remember once I climbed a new route with a friend. With a girlfriend in Canada and that was the second last pitch before we topped out and it took me a while to send that pitch and while I have been uh, climbing my friend was yelling to me like Ines keep going we're here in a rush and I was like what the hell is going on and she said there's a big storm coming in mm. and it's been thundering already like boom 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 wow. but I didn't notice I was just in. so much into the climbing oh, yeah. She had to uh, to make me listen to it and to tell me. So th that was one situation I I realized when I climb, I just climb. There's no other thinkings, no other problems. For example, no. it's just the climbing, yeah. and this is what I actually appreciate because I don't need any mental training. Or no. Climbing is mental training yeah, for yeah. me. But Enough. But, uh, so that's the thing as well. I mean, since it's really mentally, it's challenging to, to do these things. Uh, how much mental rest do you need between like, projects? Can you go from one to the other really quickly, or do you need to have some space in between where you relax? And it depends on the uh, on the difficulty. On you know, after Patagonia, I felt really empty, mm. head empty physically empty and it took me almost two months to recover from that trip mm. so this never happened before but it's been a more than a full month of carrying heavy loads climbing mm. hard uh, in the storm so it's been going on so much within this month mm. that I think it was just a needed recovery yeah. but from smaller trips I'm doing or smaller routes I just feel uh, that I gain mental power mm -hmm. from the climbing I'm doing so after the hurting for example I was so psyched to I felt psyched to do more and more of those, this kind of climbs yeah it's uh, interesting uh, I think the, uh, the mental part of it uh, so, so um, I have a hard time understanding that people do crazy hard solos I always like to have a rope mm -hmm. yeah Not, not always, always, of course, when it's easier than... But as soon as get, it gets exposed, 
I feel even good if there's a rope without any problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I mean, it's also about objective risk. Yeah. Because you can never be 100% sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if something's loose or not. I mean, even if it weren't loose before. Yeah, I had a cold night and the water. This is what I would scared about. Mm. Mm. <coughs> and once I have friends doing solo climbs and stuff, mm. but I never wanted to know ahead of when they are doing it because I'm getting crazy about thinking all day. Oh, what can I give me a sign, text? What, what, what are you doing good? I would get crazy. So, what do you think that? It's the reason why why uh, people do hard solos. Um, it has a it's more or less the same kind of game. Yeah. How far can you go to push your mental limits? Mm. I don't know. I know because I, I I made a podcast with Alex Arnold mm-hmm. uh, yeah. this summer, and he was like. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I can always climb down. Of course, if you have, if you have such a high level, mm-hmm. the moonlight. Oh, did you climb moonlight? Yeah, yeah. Twelve? No, how many? Thirteen, fourteen pitches? Yeah, something like that. And it, and it told me that also. Thirteen pitches. You can't just climb down. No, I wouldn't think so. But and also, in, in, uh, when we were down in Chamonix, he. Uh, so oh, it was so cold, cool up there because you know I could just climb away on the map, just go somewhere you know, see where this line is gonna take me. I can always climb down again. Like he didn't even follow the lines. He's like, okay, and this is this is low level for sure. For yeah. Me. But but again, <coughs> if you climb out from the line, you don't know what to experience with loose rock and everything. Mm. But he's so cool about it. I have yeah, a hard time to understand what the mental yeah. part of their people's heads are. I have no idea. No. This is so far away from what I'm doing and what I yeah. but, but a lot of people would say it's that possible. it's not so far away. Like, no? I, I, I mean, listening to you is a huge difference. But, but I, I mean, general public. Yeah. Like, you know, it goes out there and does super dangerous uh, stuff and hey, anything can happen. Because, and I mean, I don't know either. I don't know the objective dangerous, like the risks you're taking. Or, so what's interesting is like, can you know yourself what risks you're taking? Is it possible to know what the risks are? Hmm. Interesting. Um, you mean in terms to uh, when we talk to about other people or about no I mean uh, when you go and go and climb you yeah. think that ah oh, these are the risks yeah and these are the objective risks these are what I know yeah yeah and then uh, then there are like there are also things about the climb that you don't know and maybe this with the riders for example you didn't know about the rocks mm-hmm. and all that and it could have been stuff like that on Kusil Asker as well, I guess, because uh, you haven't been up there. You don't know if this. Like, you can look at photos, and but when you get there, it's like, oh shit, this is huge. It's a rock up 
appeared. No, no, no. No, like, no this is a risk it never happened because we look with the binoculars really yeah. careful and you yeah. see hanging Xerox. Yeah. Uh, you see them hanging. It's yeah, nothing yeah. you you are kind of surprised about. Yeah, okay, but something but you know, I've, cli I've attempted this line twice, mm -hmm. or actually three times on those two trips, mm -hmm. and uh, we got spin drifted down. We got in a really bad storm, mm -hmm. and there was not a single piece of rock falling onto us. Just ah, okay. just snow. So I knew the rock quality was, up was, there is really really good. Really good. Ah, I see. So it's uh, not a gamble or not no. a lottery game or what we are doing, what I'm doing. I, you know, I learned a lot from previous trips mm. and with this knowledge. So basically on Kusin Oscar, you know that um, the worst thing that can happen is a storm and that's going to happen every day. The storm <laughs> and that we would might froze or what yeah. <laughs> you call it yeah. <laughs> get stuck in a freeze uh, yeah. get stuck in a BV and after a night in a, a hell mm -hmm. you can't really climb hard anymore yeah, you but you had always the option to repel on the yeah. route yeah. so this is also a uh, when we talk about risk mm -hmm. the descent is possible mm -hmm. it's not that I have to climb this line to get mm -hmm. down the other side mm -hmm. you know Have you been on lines like that? Like that really? Yeah, but not in this difficulty. No. For sure not in this difficulty. So in that sense, uh, Lost in China is a safe line? I would if call you know it, what you're doing. I, I would call it a pretty safe line, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you know what you're doing and if you know the, if you're there at the right time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which means it can be cold at night. Yeah. <laughs> really cold. So bring, bring dry clothes. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Because um, that's the dangerous part, we're talking a lot about danger now. Uh, there's also the, the difficulty, and, and the kind of climbs that you do, there are a lot of different grading scales involved. Like you got the mixed, you got the, um, I don't know, like Kuzulaskar is M something, it's ED, it's... Water ice. Water ice. Is water ice a, a, a grading scale of its own? Yes, of okay. course. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and these things vary a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, does it, like for you, it's, it's a line, but, but when you have to communicate to, in media and to sponsors and all that, I guess, then it has to be a difficulty as well. I think the grading is also important for um, other teams, yeah, yeah. potential yeah. Re repeating teams, yeah. um, to give them an idea about uh, the difficulty. Mm. And I think this is—it's pretty fair to do this, like not to send back too mm. much. Mm. I think uh, I know when we attempted 2010, we had way harder conditions. It's been M8, which is. Uh, in this kind of altitude really hard mm. um, and now it's been water ice five, six maybe yeah. so uh, that changed the entire climb mm. we could climb so much faster but yeah you have to create and uh, yeah there is this Scottish gradings there is this Alpine gradings water ice gradings French gradings tread gradings um, I'm still getting eight, confused eight about eight gradings. Oh, eight gra no, yeah, I have not that much experience with no. eight gradings, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's to give other people an idea what 
what kind of climb they have to expect once they want to repeat your route. Yeah, so with this kind of route, you also have to do a lot of research and read up on, on the conditions. Like, if you, if you read about what, what you did this time compared to the last time, mm -hmm. if you want someone to, wants to repeat it, okay, this year it's like this, and then we could probably expect that. Like, it's, it's, you have to have a lot of knowledge. Of course, yeah, 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 of course. But those people would probably contact me ahead day yeah, yeah. ahead of a mm. trip. But I'm not sure if someone is going to repeat it soon because everyone was going for the first ascent. Mm. <laughs> And the mm. second ascent is... Uh, it's a lot of effort mm. you spend with this kind of lines. And the chance to, to fail is pretty high. Mm. And I was just patient enough to, 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 to finally do it. <laughs> On the other hand, I guess... It would be really interesting for you if someone came and repeated it, and you can c compare experiences. And yeah, of course. Yeah. But the worst thing is usually when you do a climb, for example on rock, mm. there's not much changes except the piece of you mm. know hold is falling or yeah, yeah. The foot is breaking off. But uh, the worst thing is that people say, oh, it's not as hard as it was being created. <laughs> mm. So uh, I had a, I did a new route at my home mountain. It's called Untersberg, six pitches long, the Schwarze Madonna. And uh, the first pitch was just a super hard far move for mm. my size. Mm. So for me, it was probably 8B. Mm. And it took me four years to send. Mm the entire line um, but if I would create it 8B and a taller guy would come mm. he, he would say oh, well you know it's maximum 8A plus I could do it easier mm. so pff, this is something you ha always have to deal with mm. and of course there's not two, two creatings that would be too complicated a creating up to 1 meter 70 and then a creating oh, yeah, <laughs> from 170 to 180 yeah and there's yeah. always you win some at some moves and you lose some at the yeah moves. of course so, in general it yeah. comes to the same more or less yeah. there's some routes I for sure can't climb mm. because of the reach mm. arm length yeah. um, but that's how it is That's how it is, yeah. And, 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 and it can be a 7C plus or a 7C route. Yeah. I can't do because of one single move. If you can't reach between the holes, it's going to be difficult. Unless you can jump to it and it have to be a good hold. Yeah, so. Exactly. That's what it's like in bouldering all the time, you know, it's with the grading because it's so specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what kind of climbing do you enjoy the most? Is it the ice still or is it... Because I can imagine that ice is where you're where you really, really excel, right? Uh, but is that also less challenging if you find like a really nice ice line compared to some mixed line? If it's just, you know, if it's just a two pitches ice line with not uh, any difficulty, mm. I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's for sure fun to climb but maybe the more fun part is to bring a less experienced friend and to introduce mm -hmm. him to how about uh, introduce him to ice climbing mm -hmm. and then you teach someone or you you see someone growing in this kind of terrain mm -hmm. but easy ice um, it's interesting one it's into it's involved into a big big phase 
you know mm. doesn't oh, it doesn't always have to be M12 no. every single pitch for a thousand meters it's impossible I couldn't climb it but if there was a, no a at least a few pitches uh, you know pushing myself or mm. the team that's I like it more than the pleasure climbing so is, far. Is that something you're looking for now? Like a, a big line with some really hard pitches on... It's not that I'm trying to find the hardest line, it's uh -huh. the logical lines. Oh. I think the logical lines are and the nice looking lines, the unclimbed lines with high difficulties but still possible mm. in the higher ranges. Mm. There is quite a few left. Mm. You just have to find them. And to you just have get to there. find that bad weather. The bad weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it sounded like that yesterday when you were talking about it. Like, yeah, so I went there, and because that's, and they say that's the worst weather, this is the, all the storms hit. So we went there. And then we went there, and again, a storm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some parts of the world, I. I was worried about to go, for example, Patagonia, because mm. I'm not patient enough to wait for, for a long, long time. But I noticed even there is storms, you can do a lot, mm. a lot. You just have to go for it. And yeah, I don't know. Some storms we, at some storms we had to bail because it was just too much. Mm. It would have blown us off the route. Mm. But um, the weather is... You know, part of the game, and when the sun is always shining and it's always warm and nice, there will be no ice. And <laughs> the ice is what I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, do you have any? I guess you have a lot of projects in, in mind, uh, but do you have anything that you want to talk about that is uh, already sort of planned? I try to keep my f schedule for the coming winter flexible. Mm -hmm. To be ready to go to Scandinavia again. Mm -hmm. Norway has still lots and lots of potential. Yes. Big, big climbs. Yeah. yeah. So we we just go once mm. the conditions are good. We have some friends mm. over there mm. keeping us updated. So. So do you have like uh, when 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 the conditions are good and it's time to go? Do you have some you know Mission Impossible team that you call up and let's go? Everyone goes there. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Mission Impossible team is actually the team we, we've been in China, like yeah, Luca okay. and I. Yeah. He's a yeah, professional climber as well. So he's ready to go. He's paid from the police since a few days to climb. Wow. <laughs> How cool is that? Uh, but yeah, I guess from the police. Yeah. yeah. You have that in Slovenia and Italy, and you can be uh, in the military and paid from them. I like that idea. It's a good idea to get paid, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really matter with base. <laughs> so yeah, he's in the boat as well. And yeah, there's some other big Himalayan Himal Himalayan climbs yeah. in my mind, but mm. nothing seriously planned for the next few weeks. Mm. So it was it's been too power consuming expedition this year. Mm. And I really want to climb hard next summer mm. on rock. Mm. So and uh, Antarctica? The Antarctica is on my list mm. to do very high on top. Mm. We found a mountain, like a 
big mountain, a big face, steep, high, exposed. The mountain has never been climbed. Wow. And it's one of my favorite places in Queen Maud Land. Yeah, but it's a really expensive um, I can imagine. trip. <laughs> so you're looking for sponsors? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find support, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's quite a mission. But I'm sure in some part of my life I'm going there, even if I sell my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's worth it. So for success then. <laughs> so you don't have to go back, what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. Base camps. Base camps. Yeah, there are always caves. <laughs> Tents. <laughs> Tents are nice. Yeah. Um, I think I think that pretty much covers it, and uh, I'm I'm really happy you you agreed to do this, and um, you're always super inspirational to listen to. And Thank you very much. Role model for so many people. It's been fun coming to Sweden. <laughs> you're always welcome here. Thank you. So nice to Thanks. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good night. <laughs>